0: This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin Felix and Matt on the
1: W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back game. Explain yourself, boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, man. You jumped up and. That's the Mason. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but up. I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach F. Wilson. Sp- Screener draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the wow. end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G.
0: Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again
1: here. And this time it's Fields. Don't it carry Watch out. Justin Fields Hello, on 51 yards. Bruno, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Got to get all my popcorn right, out, out here. Hold on. on.
0: Got to continue. I got to. got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher.
1: Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies for her Street, and time will get rescheduled soon. And for that, I'm Austin. Nate. I'm Felix. Mark. Good night, and good luck. Questions are really simple when we get to the Big 12. The question, if a if a word could be a question, is Texas. Texas, question mark. Can they win the Big 12 in this, the last iteration of this version of the Big 12 before Texas and Oklahoma make the jump to the SEC? Can Texas go into Tuscaloosa? And I know that this is team stuff, and we'll get into player takes here soon. But can they go into Tuscaloosa and get the win that many think they would have had their quarterback not been injured last year. I mean, I think I'm one of those people. I think that they would have won that game, but speaking of that quarterback, what is he? We know that he was a highly decorated recruit. We know that he had, you know, less than 50%, 57% completion percentage last year. We know that your boy loves him over there. Um, But I don't think that we've seen anything from him to be inspired. I don't know if that's fair. I think that that is fair, actually. So I don't know if Texas is back, Matthew, to being a national powerhouse as far as wins go and competing for national championships, et cetera, et cetera. But as far as brand recognition and being... A sexy story, they there's no left. question that that Texas is back in that regard. They, they, they never left. What do you mean they're back in that regard? I they think, think that left. there were some Mac Brown years where they were starting Major Applewhite or something where, you know, they weren't that sexy of a team. They have every
0: reason to be back. I'll put it that way. I mean, they have the weapons. You know, Chris Moxley ha- has talked to uh, be, I'll be 100%. On. He knows a lot more about that offensive line and everything than I do. They're back, the way that defense played last year, I thought they played a lot better than many people expected them to. Obviously, they have all the, the offensive skill positions around Quinn years. They have the coaching. We've seen Sark succeed all, pretty much everywhere he's gone, outside of USC and, you know, I don't know if you want to excuse that away with the you know drinking problems he's admitted that he had at that time. he was successful at Washington. He took a program that I believe didn't win a game the year before he comes in there and they won, I believe five games in his first year in there and then ended up winning nine and then ten. like he he's a very successful coach. So they have all the reasons to. You know, I I don't think that I clearly I am not as down on Quinn Ewers as you are. And there's a lot of people in the community that are down on. Him. I mean, he's not played a full season yet. And I've said You're before, and let's
1: if, show something. I'm not saying I'm down on him. Let's just, I um,
0: like, you know, I'll throw myself under the bus here a little bit as well. Like, I think it's unfair to criticize him with not even a full game under his belt. And let's see what he can do to start off this year. I did that same thing with Anthony Richardson last year. Did I not? I criticized him. And yes, again, I'm not trying to compare the two in the fact that Anthony Richardson is arguably not even arguably, he is the most special athlete ever at the QB position. I don't know that we're ever going to see another player like that. Quinn Ewers is not that. Like, he doesn't have the arm that Anthony Richardson obviously can't run, you know, whatever he ran in a 40. He, he's not going to be that. My only comparison in that is, is like, I was very quick to criticize Anthony Richardson. And as you pointed out many a times, he hadn't played a full season yet. It takes live reps to get it going. Okay, well, neither has Quinn Ewers, though. And he has shown us moments. Now, they may not have been as, as special as some of the things that Anthony Richardson shows or other quarterback or Caleb Williams, honestly, in his freshman year. Because let's be honest, and I've brought this up before, Caleb Williams was good his freshman year. He was not great. Like a lot of people made it out to be. He had a, some great moments. Specifically, we talked about, I believe it was in the game against Texas, where he the threw that like, sideline. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The sideline <laughs> yes. pass. And then obviously the comeback. Yeah, he had great moments. He he did not have a great year. He had great moments. Okay.
1: Quinn well, Ewers, I mean, he was, he was actually had, benched. He was benched in the yes. middle of that starting streak. Yeah, yeah. So. He, Quinn
0: Ewers <laughs> has not given us that great moment but he has also not played a full season. I'm he also sure. hasn't
1: had a moment like Caleb Williams in that Red River shootout. No, that's so. what I said.
0: He hasn't had great moments. I, I agree. Like, he, not only did he bring them back to win that game, he had to throw the sideline. Off-platform was a beautiful dime right to the to the pylon. He had, a, obviously, a bunch of big runs. Like, again, not comparing him to those two players. They are better than Quinn Ewers at this moment. I'm not saying that they're not. But I'm just not going to say he can't take this Texas team there because we've seen not even ten full games of them. Because he gets counted as playing in that 10th game against Alabama. He played in two drives and then was knocked out. So he's really played in nine games. I'm not going to say that he can't be what he was projected to be as a five-star athlete. and What I think he can be just after watching him in nine games. So he has every
1: Well, I think what Texas has going for them is the fact that Steve Sarkeesian is is the, uh, the head coach, play caller, offensive coordinator, whatever you want to say. And as long as you have a head coach that is offensive-minded, I think that you will always be able to recruit the quarterback, and then that creates a domino effect in recruiting. You get your wide receivers, you get your running backs, and you can really build strong classes. It's it's one of the reasons why I've been so frustrated with Jim Harbaugh is because I think that he's building a house of cards. Um, you, you know, I don't know that this the success that they've had in developing talent can be sustained over long periods of time i think guys like lincoln riley and people can say oh, lincoln riley hasn't won anything lincoln riley ryan day steve Sharkeesian. these guys are always going to be able to recruit because quite frankly the brand of football that they play is fun yeah it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. it's a sexy brand of football um a lot of touchdowns a lot of belt balls going through the air texas ranks 26th in the country in adjusted returning production. That's about 70%, just over 70% C2C winning edge package available at campus Um cantoncom And that they're so, his
0: number nine power rank team as well. Like they are a good team. I, I And that's why, again, and maybe I will be proven wrong on my belief of how good I think Quinn Ewers can be, but I would be very surprised if he fails. Uh, what, what's the term that you've used, like fail people who have failed upward or whatever it is. like, I think the team he has around him, and a good point that you brought up in Steve Sarkeesian, the very first time that I ever talked about Queen you was going to Texas and why I loved him was the Steve Sarkeesian effect. I mean, again, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that he is more talented than Mac Jones, and look what he did for Mac Jones. Like, I, I think with the team around him, he has every every chance and ability this year to not only help Texas win the Big 12, but rebound the stock that he lost last year.
1: I mean, the the team that made the national championship game is TCU, and I feel like they're a yeah. second or third thought in this conference because all of the attention is going to Texas, rightfully so, and Oklahoma because of the fact that they're leaving the conference. But in TCU, and for our perspective, from a fantasy perspective, they lose uh, Max Duggan, Heisman Trophy finalist. They lose Quentin Johnson, a first-round NFL wide receiver who supposedly has gotten some of his uh, demons under control catching the ball. Um, there in camp for the Chargers, and then Kendry Miller. And then Kendry Miller. Who's going to replace those guys? I know who is going to be in the backfield because they've got Trey Sanders there now. They've got Imani Bailey, who started with B- Billy Napier in, uh, in Louisiana. And when everybody transferred, he went to TCU. I think that they're going to sp- split the backfield. I don't really know what to make of the wide receiver position My boy JoJo Earl is there now, there in the slot. I don't know if it's going to be Savion Williams on the outside or who the heck is going to be on the outside there. I don't really know what to make of the offense outside of the fact that, okay, in the backfield, it's going to be uh, Trey Sanders. It's going to be Amani Bailey. I don't know what to expect from the quarterback position. I don't know what to expect from the wide receiver position. Well –
0: that's what I'm here for. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, obviously, I am the one who does a lot of our spring and fall camp reports, and Nick Ian Nicholas Ian Allen, who we are extremely excited to have as part of the family now, who's joined us. He's helping me do the fall reports. Uh, so TCU actually opened their fall uh, camp today. But going back to the spring, all the reports were that it was going to be down to between Chandler Morris, Josh Hoover, and Chance Nolan for the quarterback position. And already one day into to fall reports, it looks like Chandler Morris is going to be the guy. All the reports are he's just been different through the summer. And in this first game of fall, they he just they said he looks different throwing the ball than Nolan and Hoover. Not that either one of them are necessarily bad quarterbacks, but just that Morris looks different. For the wide receiver position, this is where things really get interesting. So I want to save that. Because you brought up Trey Sanders and Imani Bailey. Mm -hmm. I want to bring up one person. And I'm not going to say, I'm trying to think of what's a, I was. uh, You're going to put a pin in that? I I can't say, yeah, I'll put a pin in it. I can't say mocked and ridiculed because that's your thing. And I want to, I need to come up with my own phrasing here because I was just laughed out of our recruiting team. (laughs) And I see Mike Valerie there in our chat talking about, all Matt and his love for these small running backs. Cameron Cook is already blowing people away. Uh, I guarantee you, you know what? I'm just going to say it right now. What was this? August 2nd, 2023. Matt Bruni is going to be right again. And y'all doubted me. Called it with Quinshaw Jenkins last year. And I'm telling you right now with Cameron Cook. Trey Sanders and Imani Bailey. Now I'm going to kind of like talk out of both sides of my mouth here for a minute. Trey Sanders and Amani Bailey did carry most of the the uh, runs first for, for the reps. first team. But mm-hmm. according to the reports and Sonny Dykes, Cameron Cook is going to be on the field this year. He showed off his versatility today by catching the ball and running good routes. He looked like the best running back on day one. Now, they were not in pads. Trey Sanders and Imani Bailey aren't going anywhere, but neither one of those guys are good receivers. Cameron Cook, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. Try to tell people that some of you didn't want to listen, just ready to be proven right again. Now back to the wide receiver position. John Paul Richardson was the guy who got all the hype throughout spring. He's already getting the hype again in fall. He's going to be the number one for this offense. What is intriguing? You mentioned JoJo Earl, who was having kind of up and down spring reports throughout the spring.
1: Six foot, uh, two years of eligibility left. He was a what a three star, four star for uh, that. Sound three
0: star sounds right, but I don't. I honestly don't know off the top of my head. Uh, But one of our favorites. Matt, big wide receiver guy, loved himself some Cordell Russell. Unfortunately, got injured uh, toward the end of spring. They already think he's going to be challenging as one of the best wide receivers on this team. He he was out there. He made the best plays of the day, apparently. Now he is still practicing in a red medical jersey. Sonny Dyke said that they just don't want him to take any hits yet. There's no point. They just started fall camp. But Cordell Russell did come out and tell all the reporters everything that he is 100%. But he was already out there making big plays. But the name and... As as George is this Bush, this is
1: for the record. This is you putting a pin in that, right? This is yes, you this putting is a
0: pin in it. No, no, we're we're talking about it. I'm talking about it now. This is, this is oh, me okay. giving you all my information. All right. George Bush said, "Fool you want, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, whatever won't happen again. Whatever he said, I don't remember the exact quote." But your boy DJ Allen had a day. So the reports are that he is going to be challenging with Paul Richardson at the X spot. He has got great speed. He had an incredible day catching the ball today. He was Morris's top target. And according to this reporter, 24-7 sports reporter, I don't remember his name. I apologize about that, uh, who covers TCU, said he asked coaches, and multiple coaches said, and I quote, Allen could be the one to watch this fall. I don't know what his NFL upside is going to be. Obviously, Chris Moxley and Austin, who unfortunately aren't here, have done all this work into the year one-zero theory and have proven that really it you have to be a massive outlier if you don't do anything in year one to make it to the NFL. But this kid was a lot of fun to watch last year in his high school tape, play quarterback, running back, defensive back, wide receiver. He's just a weapon. Okay. He was hurt, injured last year, has a chance now. This year, I mean, he was extremely fast. He was a guy that I know Austin liked at one point. Everybody kind of faded him. I kept him fairly high probably was the one big mark against us in our freshman guys last year for how high we had him and him being a year one zero. But I mean the reports, the fact that he's doing something I think is, is exciting because I think that wide receiver room is honestly wide open. Like you mentioned.
1: And and you said they opened camp win today?
0: Oh, it was just today. It was just today. Hey, look, I'm taking my so victories this... when I can get them. It's all one day. Yeah. We've still got Cameron Cook, John
1: off. Paul Richardson. Well, oh, I don't care. About all John of these guys going to be person. superstars, superstars. <laughs> Um, the only investment I have in this offense is in the backfield, in Bailey and uh, Trey Sanders, because they've been so cheap. And Trey Sanders, obviously, he, the former number one running back in his class, was that 2019, somewhere around there, uh, and then just dealt with injuries at Alabama, the unfortunate car accident. And so now he's 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 healthy, and he's going to get his chance uh, at TCU. So a back that I've been picking up late. Um, another interesting question for this conference You've got two of the big five as far as the freshman quarterbacks go. Arch Manning at Texas, obviously, and Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. I wonder who we're going to see first, and I think that there's – I mean, it's easy. It's not a question. It's not a question. It's not a question. It's going to be Jackson Arnold because he's going to be the backup. Uh, Arch Manning, folks, is not going to be the backup at Texas this year. It's going to be Malik Murphy. I just wonder what we're going to see when we get Jackson Arnold in. Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator there. Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Corral's last um, uh, season in Old Miss. And there are some aspects of Jackson Arnold's game, not the arm strength, not the, the, the throw-it-out-the-end-zone arm strength, but the way he moves in the pocket, his ability to make plays on the ground, to run RPOs, those things remind me of Matt Corral. As a matter of fact, I think I even commented about his quick release and his ability to get uh, uh, to read RPOs quickly. I think I wrote that in the freshman guide. Like he is a perfect fit, fit stylistically for what we perceive Jeff Levy wants to do uh, at Oklahoma. Now, obviously, that team did not play as well uh, as Coach Brett Venables wanted last year. They finished, what, second or third to last yeah. in the Big Twelve. Cold. But I don't know that there's necessarily reason for hope this season. I don't know if you have a different opinion, but we are excited to see Jackson Arnold, who most of us have as the, a top five quarterback in the class and a top 10 quarterback overall on our Camps to Can rank.
0: Yeah, I mean, so again, Nicholas Ian Allen, who who does a great job with all this stuff, has uh, their returning production is 58th in the nation, 63%. Uh, they are currently the number two power ranked team in the Big 12 and 14th overall. I, I do think they have a chance to bounce back. I mean, losing Dylan Gabriel early on, I do mm-hmm. think hurt them. Pretty badly. I would actually say I know this is going to be very disrespectful to, to Dylan Gabriel, and I apologize. I feel like he's the dollar store version of, of Jackson Arnold. Like I should think they're very comparable as well. And I think if you've seen what Jeff Levy can do with Dylan Gabriel, I think Jackson Arnold can just be a more souped-up version of that. I would be surprised if we see Harts before before Arnold. He he's just more pro-ready, too. I mean, he played in 6A. Texas football, which obviously was playing some of the best competition you can at the high school level, Arch just wasn't getting that. And as you mentioned, Arch is the third, and that was confirmed today. While Oklahoma did not open up their fall camps yet, Texas did, uh, and the uh, the reps went as. And this is going to be—I don't know if Mike's still here. He's going to get his moment to victory lap, as will you, uh, Quinn Ewers and Jonathan Brooks were the were the ones. Malik Murphy and actually Keelan Robinson was the twos which is a player I feel like we've all overlooked is Keelan Robinson. I wonder if he ends up being the Roshan of this team this year and just ends up being the guy, and it ends up not being Jadon Blue or Cedric Baxter. But Jadon Blue is going with the threes right now with Arch Manning. Uh, Baxter, though, was rotated in with all three, so I feel like that means he's probably got the chance to, to jump Keelan Robinson as a two overall, but clearly Robinson has a role if they're having him run out there with Malik Murphy the way they did today.
1: Yeah, I'm just going back to the uh, freshman and supplemental draft guide. I mean, we wrote this back in February, March, and I said this about Jackson Arnold. Uh, He has the ball handling, quick release, and leverage reading ability to run a heavy RPO scheme. He can be an aggressive downfield passer, running shotgun play action, shotgun shotgun play action set up by RPO looks. He's a willing runner in the mold of Matt Corral or Sam Howell, and could be a primary ball carrier in the read option game um I actually just caught a typo there it says read opinion huh. well read opinion game um so, so we're excited for uh the the two big freshman quarterbacks in this class i'm actually excited for malik murphy too but um speaking of being excited for offense zach kitley going from western kentucky to texas tech was a big deal for the Devi college fantasy community that includes Overdrafting Miles Price, who we didn't get the numbers we thought that we would. We thought that he would have had the Jareth Stern type, almost nearly 2,000-yard season. We didn't get that. But, I mean, this team was like a well-rounded team, actually. They were so good yeah. defensively uh, and okay offensively. Donovan Smith transfers to Houston. You still got Barron Morton and Tyler Shuck this year. Tyler Shuck is going to be your starter. But I think, Matthew, we are looking forward to, okay, this is year two. Is this the year that we we see the potential explosion that we saw in year one for Western Kentucky? Do we see that in year two for Texas Tech?
0: I mean, I think it all depends on if Tyler Shutt can stay healthy. If he can, then yes, I think they can. I mean, they were number two uh, in the nation in neutral game script and pass rate. Uh, They were eighth in offensive pace and plays per minute with 2.88. I mean, we know that he likes to get the ball going. And if Shutt can stay healthy, then I think that they will be. As much as I like Baron Morton, Colin's been a big fan of his as well. We had Alan True of 24-7 Sports on years ago telling us Baron Morton's a guy to watch out for. He just doesn't seem to consistently put it together, like play to play. He has these moments, and then he just kind of struggles. And maybe that's just because he he wasn't really getting a a shot to do it often. I guess. I mean, he went in toward the end of the year, obviously when Tyler Shuck got injured. But they've got an interesting receiving core with um, with Dre McCray transferred in, Jaron Bradley, who had the better year of the two between him and Miles Price. I yeah. don't think any of us were expecting is obviously back, and then Miles Price as well, who I think could. Maybe not have the year we were hoping he was going to have last year, but a bounce-back year than what we saw. Again, it was learning that offense, again, Injuries through the quarterback position. We had Donovan Smith out there for half the season as well playing. He got hurt. Like The rotating carousel of quarterbacks, I think, because of injuries for Texas Tech really hurt what was a good team. I really hope Shuck can stay healthy because I think Taj Brooks, the running back who we've talked about for the past couple years, also could have a really good season, but they've got to stay healthy.
1: I remember correctly. There's a big-time wide receiver rec- recruit that is like crystal bald. Mike Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, Micah hudson's
1: still crystal bald to Texas Tech currently, and he is.
0: If and I, I feel I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say this. I am almost positive that he is Austin and big wide receiver guys' highest graded wide receiver ever that we have done since grading wide receivers. I mean, he's. He's got a guy I think you could honestly take off the field this year of high school, send him to Texas Tech if he graduated early, and he would probably produce for him. He's, he's going to be the best wide receiver to play there since Michael Crabtree. If he goes, it seems like that's where he wants to go too. He's spoken very highly of Texas Tech. It seems to be them and Texas in, in the mix for him, but he seems to want to go to Texas Tech.
1: Matt Bruning, Felix Sharp in, uh, Austin Nace, and Chris Moxley out. For this week. So, we might actually break the Big 12 up into two sections so that that we can get Austin and Chris's thoughts. However, Matthew, you know what is in, and that's the C2C Winning Edge Package. Statistical projections, depth charts, returning production data. I mean, uh, projected spreads, everything that you could want for college football, you can get it with the C2C Winning Edge Package. If you're doing CFF, you can there's information there for you there if you're playing dFs player props right now season long bets all the information that you need check out the c2c winning edge package at campus to campus cantoncom and let me just get all the housekeeping out of the way home field apparel home field apparel the season is drawing closer you're buying t-shirts you're getting ready for the for games use our promo code campus the number two canton campus to canton for 15% off. Um, I struggle with some of these teams, Matt, because I think we think of Oklahoma State as, uh, you know, James Washington and yeah. Mike Gundy being able to produce these Tylen Wallace, these boundary wide receivers who really produce for us. And we have been waiting for one of those guys. It's been Jaden Bray, it's been Taylor Shetron. I even think Brendan Presley, who's not a boundary guy, I think uh, Brendan Presley is an excellent player who's underutilized. But now when I look at the – after Taylor Chetron's year last year, um, Jaden Bray dealt with injuries. They lose uh, – tra- there's one transfer to Houston who played well last year. Um, I I don't know what to think of this team – I don't know what to think of the backfield, another place where we found fantasy success in seasons past. You've got Ollie Gordon there, but according to all reports that I'm getting from Nate Marquise, Mike Gundy seems to just challenge, challenge, challenge Ollie Gordon every sense that he gets. There's the potential, Matthew, that a freshman from Michigan, from Michigan State, well, he had his best season as a freshman at Michigan State, that he could – Essentially, have a Frankenstein season and come back from the dead in Elijah Collins this year, and I—I I don't want to say dominate the backfield, but if that happened, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if Elijah Collins was the guy for Oklahoma State this year. As Lee
0: Corso would say, "Not so fast, my friend." Not I so the, fast. Not—I even got the pencil out. Uh, yeah, so they actually started uh, their first day of camp uh, again. If you guys followed us throughout spring. You'll know that Nate is not wrong. Mike Gundy challenged Ollie Gordon multiple times. In fact, I don't know the exact quote, but he pretty much said that he needed to be tougher when running the ball. That that was uh, what Mike Gundy called Ollie Gordon out on. Well, in their first day of camp, Ollie Gordon was uh, not the number one. It was actually Jaden Nixon running with the ones. Now, Gordon was running with the twos. Elijah Collins with the threes. We did not see anything from DeAndre Jackson. Uh, I, I would expect maybe Ollie Gordon ends up becoming the guy. I just find it hard to believe that because Mike Gundy has not been complimentary of this kid since spring. And now we're already opening up fall camp. And again, I know it's only one day. We've got 26, 24 days until the first games kick off. So a lot can change, but right now I really don't think Ollie Gordon's going to be the workhorse for them, which sucks because as you mentioned, I mean, we had Chuba we, Hubbard we for multiple a years. Yeah. Justice Hill was really good for, for them for a long time. Like, we know that when they have that that main back, that they can be really good for you in CFF. but I just don't think it's going to be Gordon.
1: Well, the reason why I thought it would be Elijah Collins is because we had a transfer a couple of years ago, what the 2021 season, where Jalen Warren uh, transferred to Oklahoma I forgot, State. I forgot
0: about I forgot about Warren.
1: And and you know had the season that he did. So yeah. I was thinking, well, maybe this could be Elijah Collins' year. Um, are you investing in any of the? wide receiver core i mean investing with expectations i don't think that you can have expectations
0: i mean the good thing is i guess for our purposes none of them are going super high so like where you're probably taking them it feels good i mean again you know fourth in the in the nation last year in offensive pace with 2.96 plays per minute so they're obviously getting the ball out a lot but what i worry about is and I'm going to be fully transparent here. I don't know a lot about this quarterback. I know he's he's been to multiple mm-hmm. different places now, but Alan Bowman is. It sounds like going to be the starter for them.
1: Michigan former Michigan yeah. quarterback. Yeah, I mean former so, Texas Tech quarterback, and now back at Oklahoma State. How can you transfer that many times? Uh, Where's his degree from? So is it from Texas Tech? Is it from Michigan?
0: Who knows? Um, who is the quarterback now? Rocco Rocco Badelli. Is that that name sound familiar with like Northern Illinois? Do you know that he lost out his freshman year to Kurt Cousins in the battle for Michigan State, and he's still in college starting this year? I believe it's for Northern Illinois. Eligibility. No, you're is talking insane. about Rocky,
1: L- Rocky Lombardi. Yes, Lombardi, Lombardi. There we go. Rocky yeah. Lombardi. Yeah, it was,
0: Yeah, Rocky Lombardi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost like to Kurt Cousins. I don't think that that's true. Look it up. I'm almost positive that's, it is. It might be. That's... It might be wrong. Kirk That's Cousins has been in the NFL for what? Over ten
1: years. That doesn't ring true. <laughs>
0: just... How long has he been in the um, NFL? Anyways, Alan Bowman it appears is going to be the guy. Uh, all the reports are that he's had the best spring summer. So he doesn't.
1: His uh, his twenty four seven page is like not coming oh. up.
0: Okay, gotcha. That may, makes sense probably. Uh, but Mike Gundy did come out today after practice and commented that he actually wants to give all three quarterbacks um run throughout the entire fall before he makes a decision. So right now Alan Bowman has been going with the ones. It has then been Garrett Rangel, um, and then the the red shirt senior Peyton, I don't know his last name. I think it's Thornston. Um is the the guy who's been going third right yeah sorry, Peyton Thompson, the redshirt senior. That was the, the way that they went today. He has, again, said that they're going to be working with different groups before he decides to settle on one guy. So I don't know that Bowman is going to be the starter. Couldn't end up being Garrett Rangel, who you know we kind of liked last year. I just find it hard to bet on any of these guys. I mean, the reports, again, one day in was Jaden and Bray and Brendan Presley both looked good today in practice. So I think if you're wanting to bet on them, I'm fine betting on either one of those guys because those look like they're going to be the top two like unfortunately don't look like it's going to be talon cetron i haven't seen anything about him in spring or so far one day into fall camp and again their their adps reflect i think everybody's opinions on them so i'm fine betting on
1: one of them at their price the c2c winning edge package uh, has them favored in one two three four five six games okay six games uh this season so Um, Take that for what it's worth for your over-under bets. Let's get to the elephant in the room. Um, Of course, earlier this week, uh, Hunter Deckers was charged with gambling-related activity to placing bets on Iowa State uh, football games, including, I think there was, not all of them were football games, but I think they had at least one on football games. I obviously had very high expectations for Hunter Deckers coming out of Kansas, a lefty. It reminded me a lot of Tyler Van Dyke, actually. A big, mobile lefty who could throw the ball downfield. Um, we saw flashes last year, but not enough to believe, you know, that the ceiling that I had projected for him, that he would actually achieve that. Well, he is no longer there, and this is not going to come to camp this year. It doesn't seem like he's going to play this year. Um, Iowa State finished what? last or close to last in the Big 12 last year, they might be on that doorstep again this year with a freshman probably leading the team.
0: Yeah, it's, it's likely not going to be pretty for them. They finished four and eight uh, last year, one and eight in the Big 12. So it was not a, not a good year for them last year. Um, They are ranked 13th or to finish 13th right now in in the conference, at least for, for, for Nick uh, 64th in their FBS power ranking. I mean, I, I really don't know what to think about this offense. I I, I imagine that he's not gonna play. I know there his lawyer put out a statement and that they're going to to fight this and everything, but the rules from the NCAA on this are pretty airtight. And I'm not a lawyer, so you got you and Austin could probably tell me differently, but it feels like he's done. Like the rule is not even just like a it's it's you lose all eligibility, so you are practically banned from being able to play again, if that comes true. They have Rocco Beck to Nicholas, uh, Nikki, Nikki and Allen is projecting to be the starter. I think they're going to just go to J.J. Cole personally. I I just think he's going to be the better player. You never want to throw a true freshman out there, right, to kick off the season. Uh, But he's got a, I mean, based on our metrics, he had, he, graded out the with highest velocity over arm. expected in the yeah, whole class. Yeah. Of the whole class. He's got a rocket for arm and he actually moves fairly well for his size. He is not going to be a guy that will, is just going to be viewed as a, a, as you would put it, cement shoes in the, a, in the backfield. Like he actually can use his legs, make plays out of structure, off platform. I don't think he is a like game changing quarterback, but in this offense, I think he could be fine. But, I mean, I think there's rumors about other players on this team as well, and so we know exactly. I don't want to say because there's nothing confirmed. If you want to go look them up, it's not that hard to find who the other players are that are rumored to have betted as well. But if those come to fruition and those are true too, like Iowa State could just be, unfortunately, a horrible team this year because a lot of their starters could be out.
1: A lot of their starters could could be out. We expected to get – maybe a breakout season from Jalen Noel. I think that's going to be a little bit harder with a redshirt freshman quarterback at the helm. Last year, there was a lot of discussion about who would replace Brees Hall. Was it uh, Jarrell Brock? Was it the freshman Cartavius Norton from Ware County in Georgia where he played with Thomas Castellanos, who I hope to see this year for Boston College? Um, It turned out to be really neither. Uh, Neither were really uber-productive Cartavius Norton. I think that he was prepared to hit a stride and then he tore he or badly hurt his hamstring badly hurt his hamstring and you see that a lot with young players in the NFL and in college they just don't understand how to get their bodies ready yet to play um I still really like Cartavius Norton obviously has a 220 pound size I think he's athletic enough and Matt Campbell has kind of always had a guy from David Montgomery to Brees Hall to whomever um so, still have expectations for Cartavius Norton, maybe not as high as they were last year. And then, I mean, I'm still, I'm still taking Jalen Noel in spots. I'm still taking Jalen Noel in spots in startups. He's a guy that you might be able to get with your last pick, a speedster. You know, different than Xavier Hutchinson, different than what has succeeded traditionally yeah. at uh, Iowa State. Iowa State is one of these programs that gets a lot of rebounders to play wide receiver. It's similar at Texas tech. As a matter of fact, they get a lot of six foot four wide receivers. Jalen Noel is doesn't, he's different. He's different. A speed guy. guys, not a possession, you know, six foot four, 210 pound guy. So I'm still interested to see uh, what we get from him. But quite frankly, I just don't have very high expectations for this team overall. I think it's going to be kind of a tumultuous season for them. And we, we don't know if the charges that have been handed down thus far—that's the end of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what we I mean. There, there's been multiple other starters on this team that have been rumored to rumored. Have done the same yeah, this thing. has been rumored so, for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't mind taking a shot on Noel. He is definitely different than the wide receivers they have typically put out. I mean, not even just Xavier Hutchinson. You go back a couple years ago to Hakeem Butler, who I know. Yeah. Matt Waldman loved, I loved. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, didn't really work out in, in the NFL. But, I mean, he was second in targets last year. Xavier Hutchison, 161. Jalen Noel had 86. If they stick with that mold, I would think then Jaden Higgins is going to be the guy because he's got the size, 6'4", 215. But I do think Noel is is going to be their playmaker. Again, we'll see. J.J. Cole is not going to have – I mean, he can put it anywhere on the field he wants. So, it's it's going to – if he ends up starting, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Rocco Beck. So, if he's the starter, I really don't know what to expect from this offense. But if Cole is the starter, I think that this offense could be interesting because I think, again, you get a guy like Jaden Higgins out there who has the size, good um, – oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, come on, arms – why can't I think wingspan, of this word? I don't wingspan. know. Catch there radius. go. Catch radius, thank you. I don't know. I'm going, nope. drawing a blank here. It's very hot. Uh, J, he's got the catch radius and everything. Like, J.J. Cole could throw it up to him, and he could make some big plays. And then again, Jalen Noel with his speed, maybe you throw him uh, some quick slants, everything, and let him do the rest. It, it'll be intriguing what happens based on who the quarterback is, I think.
1: Jaden Higgins, a transfer from Eastern Kentucky, Uh, To Iowa State this year. Last year, he had 58 receptions, 757 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So, you know, at least a very least a a red zone threat. And that's what Matt Campbell has used traditionally uh, at that school. We are bouncing around here. We're going to have to do this again with Austin and Chris and go through position by position. Uh, We touched a little bit on Oklahoma. Javante Barnes, do you have any news about whether or not he's healthy for camp, he is. or is it going to just be your boy Gavin Sawchuk, and then some one of the, and then Marcus, I guess Marcus Major is
0: still there. He is still there, um, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, so uh believe it was DeMarco Murray, their running back coach, came out, I uh, believe it was yesterday, and said that Javante Barnes is healthy and good to go, which I, I think we expected. A lot of the reports are is that that dead bone is more of like a pain management thing. Like It, it may stick with him, but that he's good to go. So I, I, I would assume he's going to be the starter. I mean, he had the backup role for most of last year. I, I think... Again, I would not be surprised if him and Gavin Sawchuck are splitting reps. They're very different running backs. They bring you very different things in that offense. And where I think Gavin Sawchuck could thrive, especially in the RPOs with Dylan Gabriels, I think he's got better burst and speed than Barnes, and he's a better pass catcher as well. But we'll see. Uh, I would expect it to be Barnes to start out the season though, if he remains healthy through fall.
1: Well, Gavin Gavin Sawchuck obviously played well in the bowl game. Uh, they brought in a pair of freshman running backs in Dylan Smothers and Caleb Hicks. Caleb Hicks, I think an Allen. He might have been an Allen, Texas uh, uh, player. I, I I could have that wrong, but a, a player with a low center of gravity and good balance, a balanced runner and a little bit bursty. I, I think he's only a three-star, but I really like Caleb Hicks. I think Austin likes him too. I've drafted a bunch of Caleb Hicks this year. Uh, just kind of Playing wait and see. You were uh, you were Denton High
0: School. Ryan High School in Den, okay. Texas.
1: Gotcha. Okay. That's Oklahoma. They had the, the kid who was super athletic who did not have the grades and had to uh, go to JUCO to start. Brown. Is a Keon yeah, Brown? Yeah, Keon Brown. Yeah, unfortunately. Keon Brown. UK, yeah. I'm drafting him in a few spots too. Yeah. Late.
0: Hoping Late. he can be the next Malik Benson. Hoping. Well, Does hopefully, really like- he can go back
1: to Oklahoma and be a, uh, oh, yeah. so I can get a stack with uh, with Jackson Arnold. Um, uh, Matthew, where else should we go with this conference for the evening? I mean, I don't, I don't.
0: I mean, where you want to go? You want to talk about any of the new teams jumping in? I mean, I've got some some stuff on Cincinnati. Whatever um, you've got,
1: whatever you, whatever you got, give it.
0: So with Cincinnati, obviously, new coaching staff there with Scott Satterfield. Brad Glenn is going to be the offensive coordinator now. Scott Satterfield probably more well known for what he was able to do with Malik Cunningham. Obviously, uh, I do not think Emery Jones is, I mean, at all. I don't think you should compare him to Malik Cunningham. I'll put him that way. Uh, but number, I do think number
1: six pick in the draft, projected number six pick in the draft. That's
0: BFF. what he was. That's what he is projected. Uh, but apparently, he's looked really good, and I expect him to actually be good in this offense. Uh, one, Braden Smith, though the transfer wide receiver has apparently been blowing up. They said he has by far been the best wide receiver for them, um, was what had some interesting spring reports, uh, apparently stayed throughout the summer, had had really good workouts with them, and apparently through the first couple days of fall camp has just been blowing it up. So has, um, and this may be a name that a lot of people remember from last year because Austin was talking a lot about him, Shimon Medier. I probably said that wrong, uh, but the tight end for them, he's apparently looked really good, had this really good connection with Emory Jones. Like a six so, foot
1: four, two 265-pound athletic yeah. freak at the tight end position tight end, yeah. Uh, there at, at Cincinnati, who we thought would get some run last year. He didn't. Hopefully yeah, he gets he's, this he's
0: kind of blocked by Josh Wiley. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. I think they are only other – it's Joey Belgian, and I don't remember who the other tight end is. But Metier is probably going to be – not even probably. He's going to be the main guy. But it seems like him and Braden Smith are connecting fairly well with Emory Jones. I know there was some hype for Xavier Henderson early on as well. We'll see what happens with them, but I, I think Cincinnati could be an intriguing team uh, overall just because of that offense. And again, I, I know big 12 fans get mad when people say this, but historically they don't really have very good defenses. So I would not be surprised if Emory Jones is at least able to do something again. He's, Unfortunately, not really succeeded at Florida. I don't really blame him not playing well at Arizona State. That was with a Herm Edwards team where he got fired mid year late. It's not like he had Kenny Dillingham there. I don't know that I blame him so much for not succeeding at Arizona State. This is a really good shot for him, though, because, again, I think he brings you some of the tools that Malik Cunningham has that he could be an intriguing player. I don't think he's a first-round draft pick guy, but could be at least a good player for them.
1: You said Xavier Hutchinson. I think Henderson. you said Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier mean, Henderson. Yeah, you mean Xavier Henderson, the transfer from yes. Florida uh, yes. to Cincinnati. So, okay. All right. Um, I think that you that's want to talk what, about your we bo- got. Houston? What?
0: Donovan Smith blowing it up?
1: Go ahead. Is he blowing it up on one day?
0: Well, I mean, he was good in the spring. And apparently, yeah, day one. Him and uh, Matthew Golden. Just-
1: well, Dana Holgerson has had – Yes. Su- success with quarterbacks. Um, what do you got on Donovan Smith? And
0: then we'll just that he up. looks like he's gonna be the dude. And I mean, we gotta so
1: <laughs> everybody's oh. gonna be the dude this
0: year. You know, that's true. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Chris K believes he will actually be the number one quarterback this year for CFF purposes. I know a couple other people in the CFF community think he can finish at least as a QB1, uh, but apparently he's he's looked really good since coming over there in the spring uh, last year. They're very happy with him. We'll see. He's a completely different quarterback than Clayton Toon. And off the top of my head, I can't remember a quarterback that Danner Holgerson has had that's like Donovan Smith. So I – King. Uh, I forgot about King. That's a good call. Derek forgot King. all about Derek King.
1: Donovan yeah. Smith is
0: probably better than Derek. King. I, don't, I think he's got a stronger arm. He's, I don't know if he's more athletic. Not, he's let's not. Let's not hate right. on
1: the name of Derek King. I'm, I'm not hating on good him. Good he was a lot
0: of fun. I re- dude, so, I remember when that dude was going to be like a first or second round draft pick. I, I loved it. What was it? Because he ended up. Uh, what? What did he do? He ended up not playing for some reason at Houston before he transferred to Miami. I don't. Isn't remember. that right? I don't. I don't. I'm almost positive he just like stopped playing altogether before you could transfer, and then just play that year. But anyways, I I, I'm very intrigued to see what he does in this offense. Obviously, I've I've liked Matthew Golden for a long time. I think he's a great wide receiver. Seems like him and and Donovan Smith have just had like a magical connection. So I'm very intrigued to see what Houston does. It's a step up in competition. I don't know.
1: I promise we will have a magical connection next week when we get Austin and Chris back, but that's going to be it for us tonight. Apologies to Kirk Street You ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruni, it's Felix Sharp. Good night. Good luck.